I believe strongly that you are never qualified to come to a banquet table if you are sincerely not hungry for food. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, then they shall be filled. The church of God, as it were, is not a place of routine attendance. You are expected to come with a sense of responsibility and be deliberate to receive something. Because whatever God cannot give, no man can offer. It is appropriate to align yourself in a manner to know that God designed and structured the entire workings of men and he created a place called his house, tabernacle or synagogue, where you are supposed to rendezvous, come together and learn from him. And in the process of learning, you are empowered to express your purpose and destiny in life. So it is significant that we hear what God has to say all the time for a triumphant life on this earth. And that is my responsibility tonight. That in the place of privilege and honor, I've been asked to deliver to you a word that I'm so convinced will change your perspective and orientation about life and God. And the Lord bless you as you listen in Jesus' name. Lord, reflect your thoughts through my mouth this evening. Say what you have to say through these lips of clay. And let every soul here be transformed and reformed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And at the end of the day, our lives and our lives will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. On Sunday morning, we had a message that since Sunday till date, it's been resonating in my mind. It's been reverberating. It's been re-echoing. How many of us were around on church, in church on Sunday morning? Who can recall the title of that message? Anybody? Anybody wants to just... Anybody who can recall? What was the theme, the title, the topic? Yes, sir? Take your position. Ladies and gentlemen, by the privilege of my age... I have come to realize that in life, attaining and fulfillment is not necessarily a product of your heart desires. And because I am yet to see somebody who woke any time of the day or in his life and stood up to pray, and the prayer point he gave himself is, God, let me fail. God, let me die. God, I don't want to make it. I have never met anybody like that. Every living being that I know seems to have an orientation of goodwill for themselves. They think good of themselves. They desire something good for themselves. But it's obvious that not everybody who says what they desire see the manifestation of their desires. And so, at diverse levels of human intelligence, they've been carrying out various research to know why what we desire does not materialize according to our expectations. And then some have tried all sorts. But on Sunday, one man of God was sharing the heart of God, it dawned on me that above anything everybody should desire to have is to be well positioned in everything in life. That message looks like the summary and the final closure to terminate every language of struggle. Because the reality is this, whatever is in scarcity in your life is surplus somewhere. Now the reason why you don't have it is that you are not there. Now, Believe me here, believe me here. The way God distributed the resources of the earth by his calculation and permutation is to go around everybody. Nobody should be in lack. Now, the Yorubas went as far as saying, and listen to what he said. Ojuan, tell you, 
high five. That meaning there is sufficient space, accommodation, to take everybody. In any case, if everybody that have lived on earth didn't die, I think the earth would have been congested by now. So, in a way also, that is a way of creating space and recycling the earth so that everybody can have their time and space. So, the difference between you and the actualization of your dream is not in your ex- lack of existence. It's that you are not in the right place. God is a God of location. God is the God of place. God is God of position. You need to be somewhere for him to reach out to you. Read through the entire scriptures from Genesis to the last book of Revelation. For God to reach out to people, he ensured that they were in the right place to reach. Now, I imagine Zachariah lived for over 80 years without a child. I imagine in the split of moment, if he didn't show up in the temple on that day, that the angel was sent. You can begin to replay a lot of scriptures in your head that how God needed to put people in place to reach out to them. God is a God of place. God is God of purpose. God is a God of manifestation. You are in fatigue and struggling and afflicted today, not because God is short in supply of commodity. God is not going to manufacture anything. What is sincerely missing is that there is something called wrong positioning. And I know that there are a lot of people journeyed all the way from January. And as I speak, you know, when I hear it, people say Nigeria is tough. You and I can believe me that in this same Nigeria that seems to appear like a world of scarcity, people are in surplus, true or false. In this year that you probably sold your car and you are trekking, somebody bought extra cars. In this year that you are having perhaps records of all kinds of affliction and, and despair and in pain and you are discouraged, somebody is inspired and encouraged in a manner that he can't even express testimony because his testimony will intimidate others. And you know what I realized? The race is not for the swift. This is the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. The battle is not to the strong. Then he used the two powerful words. He said, time. Now listen to that part of that statement. Time is constant. Nobody wastes anybody's time. Nobody can waste your time. Time is forever constant. The only thing we waste our lives. Now, but there is another word he said there. Chance. Chance is not your prerogative to decide. It's your position when chance meets you. Now, the only reason why I have to replay this is this. If God is truly the, the finality and the ultimate solution to the fate of your destiny, you are not thinking alternative. God is the Alpha Omega, the end, the beginning of everything you want to become. And there is no option anywhere. Then you will do yourself a lot of good to be very attentive to his subtle instructions. Because every blessing of God will always come with an instruction. So, obedience to is a barrier to fulfillment of his blessings. We have complete obedience, and so there is incomplete blessings. You know, that's why in the book of Corinthians says, when your obedience is complete, then you bring every other disobedience to subjection. So, the business of coming to church is a business of coming to listen to instruction that you are willing to obey. If people are willing and obedient, then they will enjoy. So, you are not enjoying today because you should check your obedience circle. So I listened there and I said to myself, ah, position. And I started to replay in my mind a number of people that have relocated from Nigeria. And trust me, wherever they are, the question they should have asked before they left, God, is that where you are sending me to? I know a lot of them right now, by virtue of their dislocation, because they're in the wrong position, they call it dislocation. When there is a dislocation, 
kingdom of struggle. And they are going through over there. Marriages have collapsed. Irreparable virtues are destroyed. Children are impacted in a manner that they are struggling to realign back their destinies. Why? They left their position. Somebody is warming up for 2020. For me, that message on Sunday is like the launch pad to put the equilibrium. You know, from we hear a whole lot of messages here. Good news, gates, wisdom, all sorts of messages. But the one of last Sunday is like, now we are ready for the life of balance in 2020. And so tonight, let me know how to overflog you and put in a state of melancholy because this is the season where everything you should be smiling. There's time for everything. There's time to celebrate. This is Christmas. The language for now is celebration. And therefore, I bring you a word still in line and conjunction with the message on Sunday. Can I have the Cypress? A grateful position. Let us read the scripture that is a pointer to message. Let's read the scripture in the book of Luke very quickly. Luke chapter 17. I took a good decision after the message on Sunday, a position, that before this year runs out, I must hard wait. I must hard wait. I remember that one of those meetings, pastor was trying to describe me, and he said, Pastor Stevie, that is big year. And I smiled. I said, one day I will hard wait. My year will be visible again. You know, just hard wait. I will look chapter 17, verse 11. And from this subject now, from this reading, we're going to bring out, bring out the conversation. Remember, this is um, interactive Bible stuff because I was puzzled when I read this story. I was really puzzled. Listen, I read from verse 11. Now it happened as, as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And in other words, they were actually positioned to see him pass. So in case they were not, they were, if they were not there, Jesus would have passed for that day. And when I remember the scripture that says, we are daily loaded with benefits, you will not carry over the benefit of today to tomorrow. So when he saw them, he saw them all. He said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice, this is a description of how to give testimony. Glorified God, please go on, and fell down on his face at his feet giving him what thanks and it was a samaritan for you can so jesus answered and said i didn't hand cleansed but where are the nine now please move on please were there not any found who returned to give glory to god except this foreigner okay and he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let them, let's, let's just try and answer a sincere and honest question. 
could you have given 10 people a miracle? 10. And only one deemed it fit or thought it necessary to turn back and go and meet the man that gave the gift to say what? Thank you. How come the number was just one person? When I read it, I was sincerely puzzled. I would have imagined that one went on, nine turned back. But only one. I need someone in this room this evening who perhaps can think for me and say, I think this should be the reason why it was only one. Let's, let's even establish that all of them got healed though. So it could not have been that it was only that one that got healed that made the other nine go away. Every one of them got healed, but only one came back. Who can please tell us as Bible students, Bible scholars, what transpired that only one came back? Anybody? Anybody? Think it. I'm sure you, we, have all, we have all read this scripture. We've read this story before. And of course, it's not anything far-fetched from some of our own our character traits also. But one person came back out of ten. The margin is too disturbing. Who can help, please? Why was it that there was only one person that came back? Please try. You know, it's the interactive Bible study. We all should learn from one another. Hallelujah. From my little understanding, yeah. when the master declared that the tents were cleaned, it was not an instant something was seen. So they all left. Okay. But I believe the one that came back with a grateful heart yeah. put his faith on the line and knew that the master word has gone ahead. Okay. The manifestation has taken place. Okay. He has to thank God for the miracle he says to And I believe that was why he, the master said to him, says, go and be made whole. Okay. That is now the crowning of the testimony. No doubt that the nights that do not come back will remain the way they are because of a heart of ungratefulness. They did not display the gratitude from the beginning. Now, um, I need the multimedia to please project verse 14. Because your line of thought is perhaps that one person was the only one that actually got the healing. Or was not even healed, was fating that you would be healed. But while in the process of going to say thank you, perhaps the healing take, took place. But if you read your verse 14, look at 14 up there. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go. Show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they what? Meaning, they were already healed. They were already healed without any iota of doubt or controversy. So why other than come back? Say thank you. Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus speaking to them 
and say, they should show themselves to the priest. Ordinary, they shouldn't try that because on their way to see the priest, I'm not so sure they will be granted entry because they weren't healed at that time. So the 10 of them clearly had um, elements of faith. So on their way, they believed Jesus even before they got to the priest. So they got cleansed by the time they got to the priest. And so the priest would declare them healed. But if we go on, we'll see that this singular person was a Samarian. So he wasn't ordinarily qualified for this healing in the first place. I read through this and I see ourselves sometimes thinking that we are Christians. So it is our duty for God to bless us. It's our duty for us to be rich. It's our duty for us to be blessed. So when the blessing comes at the end, it's sometimes like, God, what were you waiting for all this while? After all, my mate got it two years earlier, ten years earlier, five years earlier. So that heart of gratitude, we sometimes miss because we think we are children of God, so it is our right. So for a man who didn't even deem it fit to even have it in the first place, the story didn't tell me whether he even got to the priest. He was out of excitement. Maybe he had to run back to Jesus to say, thank you. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. The question will ask, does it mean the nine didn't have faith? If they didn't have faith, I'm not so sure they would have been cleansed. But the faith he got as well was the faith to become the true child of God, not just being a Samaritan, now becoming a Jew. So the nine lost it, just like everyone who may sit down here will get this blessing and will say, maybe our prayers have been answered. I prayed enough, I fasted enough, but this has shown me that even when God blesses us with what he had already promised us, he still demands that heart of thanksgiving. Praise Hallelujah. God. It's becoming very interesting. True scripture expose indeed. Perhaps I've not even interpreted it from where I'm from. But I still think there is something. Of course, you expect me to have my own answer. But I want us to reason together. Even God will demand that occasionally we should reason together. Why think the other nine deemed it necessary to come back? What Pastor Itifa is absolutely on point. Scriptural theology well established there. But in the first place, you don't have the, the right to approach a priest as a leprous infected, infested person. But good news also is that before they would even approach the priest, they were already cleansed. So that gave them the right to see the priest for certification of healing. So, but the question now is that what did they turn back? I have my two answers at the back of my mind. Pastor Tefia has made a tilt on one. And then any other person, please. Anyone, the person. Why did the other nine consider it necessary to come back? Let's save ourselves stress. While I read it deeply, what I saw here was just simply what I would call attitude. Like Pastor Tifia was saying, some of us seated here, and let me phrase this sentence in Yoruba. Is there anybody seated here this evening, either present or online, that can put his hand to his chest and look at God to his face and say, God, sincerely speaking, you have not done anything for me? Is there anybody in this room? We're not entirely different from those, those guys. Because typical of our regular testimony Sundays, some of us, the things God has done for you, you don't think is sizable enough for God to be celebrated. Therefore, you hold back. Why? 
Because your mind seems to have an idea of how God and what God should do and when he should do it. So I said to the nine of them had what they call the entitlement mentality. But God, this is naturally your responsibility. Okay, so I slept and wake up. What's the big deal with that? So I didn't go to hospital from January to December. That's not supposed to be anything new. So out of the expectation of the big things that you had at the back of your mind that you're expecting, we know the things that really sincerely mattered most for our very existence. For example, very close to my office, there is an hospital for dialysis. Dialysis, this kidney dialysis. Uh, about four years ago, we took a young man there who had this problem. And for the first time, I witnessed what dialysis is all about. You know, dialysis is simply removing old blood to renew it with a, a new one. Now, as you are sitting here, so some sort of mechanism of dialysis is going in your body, but it's not taken. Am I correct? As you are sitting, your blood is circulating. Blood is being replaced. New one is moving. Old one is coming. Your heart is functioning. You know the truth. If God in the moment just touch your heart from beating, can I be honest with you? Your understanding of gratitude would increase. True or false? So, right now that you are looking sad and dissatisfied about 2019, one of the cardinal reasons why you are in this mood or frame of mind is that you had a picture of your own testimony and expectation. And right now, you think that thing didn't come to pass. Whilst God did something bigger than your expectation. And so you didn't think there's a need to go back and tell the man who kept you alive from January to date. Thank you. Entitlement mentality. Believe me, while I was coming to church and while the, the praise worship was going on, I was dancing in an unusual manner. Now, some of you seated here this evening, you are a product of many battles that you fought from January to date. You fought all manners of wars, the wind, the torrent, the storm, everything came at you. A good news here is that you are still seated comfortably, unbruised, unperturbed, like nothing happened. You are so triumphant. You know the truth? You are not entirely very grateful. Before you came to church this evening, you have complained. What's all this country safe? I don't tire. You know, I, I realize that there is a position called the position of gratitude. I have read my Bible, Genesis to Revelation. I have never seen anywhere that God endorses a man that murmurs or complains. None. The focus of this message tonight, in readiness for the new year, though the year is potentially over, is that can you please stop paying attention to the humongous expectations and thank God for the little details of events going on around you. While I read the story again, it dawned on me that the reason why they didn't come back, listen to the second reason I got. Has anybody ever read, read somebody? Ha, ah, they had an accident. He came out from the, the wrecked car. No bruises, nothing. Ah, Allah Musha Dukemioku. Has anybody ever met like that before? They call it Oribebe. At least, thank God I'm alive. Has anybody ever heard such a sentence like that before? Ah, thank God 2019, at least I know die. 
you are, you know what you're doing? The size of his efforts, the size of his generosity, the size of his activities over your life from January to date, you squeeze it in one funny remark that sounded like, eh, of all that you could have done, this is the only thing you did. You know what happened to those nine guys? Truly, they were healed of leprosy. For anybody who has seen a leprous man before, leprosy is such disease that when it infests past the five fingers, it will start to eat like it's like a living saw. Saw on each saw on the five fingers, if it's the part of the finger. And so they can't touch anything. Whatever they touch, it's such an, a terrible intensity because their entire nerves is all exposed. Touch anything. We'll be full. We are positioned for gratitude. Now, listen to what happened to them. They, they had raw sores on bodies, their fingers, or any part of the body that was infested with leprosy. And they met with this Jesus. Now, listen to what they, the expectation they had of Jesus was to be made whole. Listen, friends. The expectation they had was to be made whole. Not what? Not to be healed. Was to be made whole. So, here goes these nine guys, ten of them. As they were going, they realized that the saw dried up. But, whilst the saw had gone, their hands and the tip of the finger still remained chopped. They didn't have fingernails. They didn't have this four layer of the finger. It, it was already gone as a result of the leprosy. So when they got ill, they realized that the, the saw had dried up. They looked at their fingers. But unfortunately, they, the fingers were still deformed. Now, someone now said, well, at least thank God, leprosy is gone. You know how some of us behave truly? At least I'm married now. I'm picking my turn. I ain't gonna remain. Ha! Ah. I have a job now. I don't even know when they will promote me. Friends, wherever you are right now is somebody's testimony. Are you aware? Whatever you have accomplished right now is somebody's prayer point. You have no reason to be ungrateful. Tell me, eh, at least. At least, I didn't, this one did not happen to me. I don't even like that my job. If only I can get a better job. Some don't have any. Some people wake up every day not knowing where to go with their life. The best you can say to God from your lips is, well, you tried. That was what happened to those nine. They were, they were, they were cleansed, but their hands remained deformed. So, the expectation of the miracle did not match the internal satisfaction and expectations. And so, as far as they are concerned, God did not f- complete the cycle of restoration. Therefore, why would I go and thank you when you didn't finish the job? Do you think you have an unfinished project right now? And you think because God has not finished it, it does not deserve the thank you. You are not, it's not, you are not fair. You laid the foundation of the house. Believe me, it's enough thanksgiving. Now, let us now look at the, the other man that turned back. The man turned back after experiencing the cleansing the hand, though not fully healed, the man turned back, went to meet the man that gave the miracle, and said, I have come to say thank you, I'm so grateful. He knelt down with me, he scream, all the noise. 
And I can imagine Jesus' facial expression. Hello? If you, if you can go back to that scripture, believe me, he looked at the man and said, I thought you guys were, were ten. Meaning, listen to this, meaning this, for every act of generosity God offers you, he expects you to come back, to come and say, thank you. So, reflects in few seconds, the expressway that you plied and you got to your house safe and sound. Some people have gone from there. And then you got home, threw your, threw your key on the stupid hold up in this Lagos. Must hold up in this Lagos. Imagine I was in traffic for four hours. He, is that really the concern? Or you should be on your knees to say, thank you. You know the truth? If somebody in this auditorium, if it's just one person, would understand the power of thank you as it matters to divinity, the truth is your life will end strong. Struggle will just end if all you will ever say. The man turned back to the rest of you guys, meaning he was expecting them. Okay, so you came back. Me, yeah, I'm even thinking what he would have been thinking in his mind concerning the remaining nine. He would have said, the Yagi, he would have with And God is not like that. <laughs> God is not a man. He said, Okay, you come. From this moment, receive the fullness of your testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to something they qualified the man as. They said he was a Samaritan. Meaning, according to the explanation of Aswetifia, by all standards, he's not entitled to the fullness of that miracle. Perhaps because he was not of the lineage of Jesus. Now, I see something there. That thanksgiving is superior to any righteous act. Grateful, you will get everything from God. Be thankful, you will it's not, if you claim to be born again and you're ungrateful, even God can bless you. What does it take to be thankful? What does it take to be thankful? I wrote here, what is gratitude? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness back. That's gratitude, according to Google. Gratitude is a positive energy that you emit to flush out negative energy. Gratitude is the antidote to depression. Gratitude is a cure to depression. You cannot be permanently by virtue and value a grateful person and be consistently sad. It doesn't work. The more grateful you are, the more you are indeed someone who trusts in God. You can't say you are grateful without backing it up with the element of trust in the person. I wrote down here what are the benefits of gratitude. Number one, Gratitude completes your miracle. If you are seated right now and you are thinking the miracle has fully manifested or matured, maybe you stop praying. Don't stop asking. If I had my way, I would have taken a song here that says, I'm not here to complain about my many problems. I'm here to say I love you. Stop praying now. 
and engage the virtue of thank you, the miracle will be complete. That's what we read in that scripture. He turned back and all he was saying to God, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the Bible said, you are made whole. If you have a miracle right now that you think is not exactly what I expected, all this I'm saying on this pulpit right now is that enter gear five and let your gear five be say thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, and th- and then no, no, don't say the thank you because uh, give up because I know in my heart when that guy went to meet Jesus, he didn't even know Jesus. We finished it because as far as he was concerned, what he got was sufficient. Mm-hmm. Appreciation completes your miracle. No matter the benefits of appreciation, it is the antidote to unhappy life. Proverbs 17.22 He said, you cannot be grateful and not grateful. Am I correct? You cannot be saying, thank you. After a while, it will translate to the energy of dancing. And as you are dancing, you are praising. And as you are praising, you are joyful. And as you are joyful, you are fruitful. You cannot. A merry heart, that's good, like medicine. But they broke nothing, nothing breaks my spirit as much as the spirit of discontentment. What's wrong with him? Discontentment. If you, can't, you can't be grateful with a discontented heart. It's impossible. That's number two reason why you should remain grateful. But not only for this season. Forget all the news, all the gist, all that is going on. Anybody that is not happy this season of life, I'm bothered, really. What exactly is your issue? You have been working from January to February, March, April to December. Of all months of the year, life is demarcated in season time. This is the time for your rejoicing. Because lo and behold, by January, the mood will change again. You will start hearing school fees in you. I'll strength in you. The mood will change again. So if you can't gather replenishment via joy, this season of life, then I don't know what you look like by the time you are approaching January. You'll have emaciated the more. Don't lose your happiness. Don't lose your beauty. Don't lose your contents because you think you have an expectation that has not manifested. Trust me, whatever you expect with the power of gratitude, it will come to pass. Believe me. But don't lose who you are before then. Somebody should not be frowning by your side right now. Somebody should be smiling because, ah, thank God it's December. I'm happy. Number three reason why you should be grateful Great gratitude helps you to connect with greater people. Now, honestly speaking, all of us are pastors to under our senior pastor. It is only natural for him to move towards the most grateful of all the team of pastors. It is natural. And I can say this for your church. It takes a man that is great to lift you up. And you cannot show gratitude to a great man and him not help you again. Because even God, with all his power, changed prophecy because somebody said, thank you. You remember the story I'm referring to? Go and tell Ezekiel that put us in all we die. And Ezekiel to him and say, if you kill me, who's going to praise you? He told the man, turn back and tell him he's not going to die again. The power of praise and thanksgiving. When you are grateful naturally, you endear people to yourself. And one of the strongest resources on earth will remain human beings. If I, I keep calling pastor... My senior pastor, pastor, I just want to say thank you to you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. I'm sure one day we say, what is the problem? And I'll say, pastor, there's really no problem. I just, you know, I just like, I just like to be saying thank you. The day I will put my mouth and say, pastor, I need money. Do you think you would hesitate to give me? So you are currently in a state of despair because your language of gratitude is cast. You are not generous with your gratitude. 
Yeah, nothing moves you. Your level of discontentment is alarming. Every living being on earth, we say thank you. We, we respond to gratitude. Even, my, even for me as a parent. So, if you want to expand your greatness in this year and the year to come, stop complaining, stop begging from people. Tell them thank you. Thank you. So, thank you. And they say, thank me for what exactly? Just saying thank you. Number four, reason why you're saying thank you. It betters life. Your entire health system is guaranteed with the voice of thanksgiving. Hebrews 12, verse 12. Hebrews 12, verse 12. Your entire health system is overhauled. I have never imagined it to be this powerful. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the females. Let's move on, please, quickly. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is laid may not be what? Dislocated, but rather be healed. With a voice of thanksgiving. Number five reason why you enjoy thanksgiving, you must be grateful, is it, it improves your sense of optimism. Negative energy is destroyed. Pessimism is taken away. You are very positive in your outlook towards life. Because the more you are grateful, the more you expand your language of positive expectation. Psalm 101 verse 2. It falls out from Psalm 100 verse 4. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, And we enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart, and we enter his courts with praise. Look at verse 2 of 101. Now, 100 verse 4 is the one I just finished. And we enter his gate. But then you're approaching Psalm 101 verse 2. <laughs> I will behave wisely. Look at that. Now, I said, It improves your sense of optimism. From verse 100, it flowed into verse 101. He said, I will behave myself wise, I will behave in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I walk within my house with a perfect heart. Verse 100, he said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And in verse 101, wisdom is increased in you because a wise man is a grateful man. Number six. Gratitude will wipe away every apprehension out of your life. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Every apprehension of your life is wiped away with a voice of gratitude. Now quickly, let us establish who do you need to be thankful to? Who do you need to be grateful to? Don't get very big on me. God is not the only one that deserves gratitude. Fellow people around you, for example, in your popular psalm, Psalm 105 verse 1, it said, I will give thanks to the Lord always. That's for God. The next person that deserves, now listen to this part. The next person that deserves giving is you. You. I, my wife will say, I remember a couple of nights ago, I got home and I saw her eating burger. I saw her eating chicken. And I was wondering, what exactly is going on here? And this was the answer she gave me. A lot of us are found wanting in this area. He said, that is what my elder wants to eat. How do you interpret that in English? You don't understand that in your English. That is what my spirit man feel like eating. Hmm? Listen to this. If you have a brand new car and you don't service that car, frankly, the day that car will disgrace you, you, you won't like yourself. Honestly, you have been working from January in the car of the body. This body. You know, this is the car. 
and you are, this is December, you didn't think it is necessary to even pause. Tell your body, ah, thank you. Oh, tell you, sick. Oh, shit. You will go home after working from January. You carry that body again to go and drink Gary. The day that body will say, Shekosi, what's your headache? Why are you torturing me? You are looking older than your age now. Even if the money comes, how do they know it is me? It is the money. The way some of you are looking, your body is even angry with you because you are not busy. You know, it's amazing how we don't take care of our body. Why so cast down, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. I expect someone to leave this service and say, it's true. I've not bought a brand new shoe for myself the whole of this year. I've not bought a brand new dress. I've not eaten what my spirit man wants to eat. Can I be honest with you? The spirit will forever be willing to walk. But you know the truth? The body does not have the energy of the spirit. How can you not go and do? Can, you know when I see some women and I see the same air I saw them, January, February, March, April, May, the same air do, air do, air do. Then you will look at them and say, I want a brother in my life. Your body is not grateful to you. You are not grateful to your body. Both of you are in conflicts. It is only the house of God we can say this truth to ourselves. God did not give you bow leg. God did not design you with bow leg. The same shoe wore from January. The shoe so became, uh, you became an artificial bow leg because of the shoe. Even your body won't be grateful to you. The way you treat your body, even God will be wondering, is it this body I gave you when, I, when you came on earth? Here is a man we don't think these things are important. Take yourself out and sit down by the beach resort and say, body, well done. Ah, Oh, body, you too much, body. Come on, body. Because you will not start telling the body, what, well, January is coming. We have to walk again, no? Abi, would you walk again in January? With the same body that you didn't take care of in December. After five months, God brought one, one month out for you to enjoy this body. You said, no. You, you are planning to stay at home all day. You need to thank yourself. Look at the mirror and say, Steve, you are all right. You don't look bad. You are going to make it. Yeah? Friends, that is what you should tell yourself. Look at the mirror. I say, forget 2019. 2020 shall be powerful. I wear the kind of Pastor Femi's shoe. Forget that. Eh? You know, something happened today I will never forget. I, I told myself, I went to, don't let Pastor Femi hear. I carried out to research. Who is the person responsible for sewing his native? And I got the answer. And when I called the person, I said, I want to sew my native. He said, yes. Are you the one that used to sew it for my pastor? He said, yes. I said, how much? I said, eh. Okay, let me call you back. Let me call you back. <laughs> and when I dropped the phone, you know what I said? You know what I, I said, my body, show you hear the price. You better work at it. But Babataju is by the roadside. They collect 5,000 naira. <laughs> when you are deliberate about moving your body, energy to work when we come. Don't leave this place and go and be thinking and be, and be hey, my life. Even your body will let you after a while. Say, what is your headache? Laugh now, play now. Go play, just play. Everything is going wrong well. Go play. January is time to walk. Someone said, I will take care of my body tonight. Say, I will take care of my body. Your body needs it. Thank you. Finally, you need to be thankful to those that have labored over you. True or false? Every day, Pastor, we say you are blessed and you are receiving. You are collecting. December is the time that you have to wait. Like Jesus waited. 
out of a conviction of 6,000, may you know that only one that will come back. You know, it was Jesus, Pastor Jesus, had 10 members that ministered to. And with Jesus there, she enjoying. And only one member came back to say, Daddy, thank you for all you have done from January to date. But I know that some of us are not like one. We will look at our pastor and say, Pastor, well done. Because we are grateful. Somebody says, I'm grateful. Let's take to our pastor. Because that was Jesus there as a pastor of a church. Healed them all. They came to his church as lep- lepers. And he healed them. Only one came back. So, I'm sure. Ministers in the house, we're not talking about here. Take care of your parents. Someone that if you see a child who is, who is misbehaving, yet is prospering. Believe me, there's mother praying somewhere. True of us. You know, when we were in school, we used to, don't emulate some students who, they used to misbehave, yeah, 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 and when exam come, they will pass. Until someone said, ah, oh, mama, me, MFM, you mommy and law. Take care of your mother. Put a call through to her tonight and say, Merry Christmas, mommy. I have a special for you. Can I tell you the truth? After God, in the order of the priesthood, the pastor, parents, they are the, they are the next powerful sovereign being on earth. Of all the Ten Commandments, your parents are the ones that says on them. Some people, God has no problem bless you, just follow the rules. Call your mom, call your dad, and send a Christmas gift to them. Let's train our children to know how to give us gift. Because it is not their gift that we want to really, that we really want. It's the, it's the blessing that comes with the words, the venison. I can't miss a child who does not know how to say thick. Because until you open your hand, I can't put anything inside Call your mom. Finally, bless your spouse. Bless your wife. I am found wanting in this area. I can imagine if I have to wake. Imagine Mrs. Brown. Imagine you just wake Mrs. Brown. Say, honey. And she woke up. Say, anything the matter? Say, nothing. I just want to say thank you for marrying me. Oh, come on now. <laughs> How powerful gratitude is. Some people have never said thank you to their wife the whole year. Ah, are we getting something tonight? All right. In closing, why should we be grateful? I give us three reasons. God commanded it in Thessalonians chapter five, verse eighteen. God commanded us to be grateful. Thessalonians chapter five, verse eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse eighteen. God commanded us to be grateful. Number two reason is that in everything give thanks. Why? This is the will of God. Can we see there? Why? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. For who? For you. So each time you are not grateful, you have disobeyed God. Number two reason. It gives access to God's presence. Our popular Psalm 100 verse 4. You don't approach God, complain, approach him with thanksgiving in your heart. And number three reason why we must be grateful. When you appreciate God, you can apply for more. When you appreciate God, you can what? Apply for more. What does it take to be grateful? Psalm 133 said the answer. Inside said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within. Praise his holy name. Is that it? Did I say Psalm 133? Psalm 133? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Not this Psalm 103, I believe. Psalm 103. Say, I don't know how to be, how to be, to be grateful. Forget not all that you did. Who forgive us our sin? Am I correct? Who heal us of all disease? There's a lot of reasons to be grateful to God for. 
I believe somebody is grateful tonight already. If you're a person, can I hear a better amen? amen. If you're that person, can I hear a convincing amen? amen? Look at the little, little details he has done in your life. Be grateful for it. Amen. Everything around you calls, calls for gratitude. The Lord bless us tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. If you have been blessed, put those hands together for the Lord. All right. In a moment, with gratitude in our hearts, we want to receive our tithes. If you came here with